It's the My Michelle Live Podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today. Happy New Year. It's a year to remember, and we will be remembering it today. We're going to take a look back, you, me, and Adam Rosieri, as we do a little news and views, week in review, year in review. What happened in 2022, a year that... (laughs) Had some ups, some downs, some crazy things, Adam. Man, are you ready? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's try a new year out, right? Let's try something on different. I was trying to think about things, Michelle, and I was like, what are the peaks and the pits of the year? So much has happened, right? And I think in my peak, obviously my son was born, Hayden, and little man's going to be literally three months old in about a week or so, which is pretty crazy to think about. What a blessing. I started out the year not even pregnant and just praying that this would happen. And then all of a sudden, like, boom, just great news. The week of my wife's birthday in February. And now we've got our little man. We took him to meet Santa, which was a lot of fun. And so that was, I think, the peak of my year, easily, hands down, my son. The pit would definitely be the feeling the effect of the economy on, on my business and just seeing how that's affected small businesses in general. It's been a really hard year for not just small businesses, but also American families. Yeah. The dollar doesn't go as far as it used to go anymore. And the cost of everything is just so much greater. And so that's really hard. It's hard for small businesses to keep employees employed. It's it's also hard for small businesses to not raise what they charge for products and services to their customers, right? So I've literally seen some small businesses that are my customers go out of business because they just can't afford to keep operations going. And that's a real tragedy because small businesses really do fuel the prosperity of our nation, the, the ability of our market to innovate and be a leader in the world. I've definitely been upset about that. And I would say that these, I would, I think typically avoidable mistakes affecting our economy are the pit of my year, Michelle. I'm sure you have a peak in a pit as well. I'd love to hear what you all have. All right. All right. My peak, definitely my book. I have a children's book that's out, Seeds in the Wind. Does God Hear Our Prayers? That is out and available. And that's really exciting because it illustrated, I wrote it. And when you see something like that come together, so exciting. And I have a book that's called find your voice that will be out in just a matter of weeks adam and that's amazing it's yeah it's exciting find your voice reader hone in their passion find their superpower and find out what even some of the professionals don't know that there are four things your message needs in order to be heard. So that book's going to be out. That's my peak, but my pit is really the division and disclusion that is part of our society that people take every opportunity to just be asses to one another that we have to cancel that cancel culture is a thing. That's my pit for 2022, but there are some ha-ha moments, definitely. (laughs) Some things to laugh at. So in 2022, do you remember this headline where Californians were asked not to charge their electric cars because because they had some issues with the grid and stuff? But this was just as gas cars and the banning of gas cars in the futures was announced. Do you remember that? That was a true haha moment. And you know what, Michelle? Thank God for humor, right? Because when you're trying to like 
think past the pits of the year. You need a little bit of humor to keep you laughing and keep you smiling. And eventually butterfly goes past your eyes and you see something different that makes you forget about the pit. And this headline coming out of California, my, my thought, my first thought was really just, oh, of course they banned, of course they banned gas cars at the same time that they're saying that, oh, by the way, like you can't have electric cars, but we don't have any electricity for you to use to charge your cars. Like they, they basically create problems for themselves that didn't have to exist to begin with. And it's because they have people that are not experts trying to make mandating decisions for, for the public, right? They're not letting the market drive decision-making. They're not letting the public choose their future. They're trying to have these bureaucrats make decisions for people. Like, they're not smart enough to make decisions for themselves. Of and course so, we're not. We're not smart enough. Newsom, right? we, need no. those, we need those technocrats it's who make stupid decisions, public. like reparations. Oh, my gosh. Can oh you gosh. think of something dumber in well, a society where we're already divided? And then the how black do you have to be if you're only half do you only get half reparations or if you're a quarter do you get a quarter what if you're light skin what if you look well, white but, michelle, but you're black the problem here's the problem michelle they so they don't ever ask like deep enough questions to figure out like if this then what if we do this then what could happen from that like reparations right okay if we mandate reparations how are we going to pay for those reparations because by the way like the revenue that the state takes in won't even cover the number that these people have thrown at the whiteboard to say oh this is what the reparations amount is going to be per person they never ask the questions of what if right? oh i can and totally why, like, relate to the how do you pay for it thing i was a teenager once and my mom Charge gave <laughs> me my dad's credit card to go get back to school clothes right when i first had my car that is the kind of economy. Um, that is you know, it's so like, funny. So that, that makes me think about a scene from that that miniseries or that TV show, Shit's Creek, with the the dad from American Pie and his son, the Levies, the Levy father son combo, and he's got the son has this credit card, and then all of a sudden he gets like this credit card bill that he's supposed to pay. And he's, why do I have to pay the credit card bill? Like I already have the thing that I was buying. I already have it. Why do I have to pay the bill? Like the credit card, <laughs> the credit card got me the thing that I wanted and I already have it. So and those are the, the people problem? in charge of the government. <laughs> I just uh, don't get the reparations on a couple of levels too. What if you're a descendant of someone who wasn't a slave or was a slave owner because there were black slave owners. And what about the Chinese and the Irish? Should the Irish were enslaved and abused in this country? Shouldn't they get reparations? And well, if that's the case, I know I don't look it, but I'm about half Irish. Yeah, my, my skin definitely shows my half Irish side. You don't see the Italian so much in me because my Irish like lightness takes it over. <laughs> like, you can almost see through my skin, right? <laughs> and so that's why I need a little bit of sun every now and then. It's like this discussion of reparations. Why aren't we talking about things that are actually happening in real time, right? Like the fact that a lot of the world's companies, those same companies that subscribe to these social justice warriors are actually getting cobalt to build products. And in fact, cobalt... I think 70% of the world's cobalt comes from slave labor, from actual slave Ooh, labor. Oh, nothing to see here. Oh, no, we didn't say that. We didn't say that. Nothing let's, to see here. Move along. <laughs> let's look at 2020 in a nutshell. One of the biggest stories of 2020 was 2022, Michelle. 2022. What the heck? <laughs> Well, it's been one of those, it's been a year that you might want to forget in some respects. So I don't blame you. I kind of do. Sadly, <laughs> the queen passed in 2022. Pele just passed this last week. She was 82 week. years so old. There were, there were some big deaths there. Yeah. And there was some births of higher form of toxic masculinity, definitely. I Oh, I got to show you that one, Michelle, if I can, because it is just like... Wait. 
It's what, what you got? The, here's the toxic masculinity, the image of toxic masculinity oh. here. Yeah. And I hope you can see. Oh, my gosh. This right here, right? The executive branch in action. You've got Admiral Rachel Levine. And now you have Sam Brinton over there. I wonder whose dress. dress he's wearing and if he stole that from someone. <laughs> Which suitcase did that one come from? Now fighting felony charges for stealing expensive baggage and all the clothing with it. Man. Oh, boy. I hope Sam Britton was not spotted at an airport near you during the holiday season. <laughs> yeah, the, and that brings us to some of the things that did happen in 2022, the death of women and children. And I wanted to start with women. That picture is Well, wait, Michelle, indicative. are you a biologist? I don't have a problem however mm. you want to dress, all right? However we do have social norms and then some of that it is better for business it's maybe respectful whatever but you do you right what is really weird though is saying that you being a woman is not good enough unless you're the stereotypical woman then I guess that's okay but if you're a woman who likes to play sports or if you're a woman who like me I like to go fishing I don't have long nails am I really a woman if you're a little girl and you like doing boy things maybe you're not good enough maybe well, we Michelle, need to it, it, do some kind of genital mutilation in order for you to actually me, well help me understand help me understand a stereotypical woman is it what the drag queens represent themselves as is that the stereotypical woman that's the problem if you remember in 2022 it was the death of women and this story kind of encapsulates it the nominee at the time now just heard that she couldn't define what a woman is do you know what a woman is no i don't know this is someone who's supposed to sit on the highest court of the land, this person has got to be smart and yet cannot define a woman. That's not the only story. I'll go through a couple of them, Adam. Oh, we yeah. had a teacher's union that decided to ban the word mother. We're going to use the word birthing parent. Man, try getting that past your wife as she gave birth this Heck year. Heck no. I'm trying <laughs> to live in 2023. A pillowcase, man. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> just say it. We had woman of the year, a man, a biological man, best women swimmer, uh, a trans man. This we have athlete of the year, women athlete of the year, a man. And it's really hard oh, as you the see. The woman skateboarder of the year, a man who took the title from a skateboarder named Taylor Silverman. It's happening all over sports. The death of women, which made it really difficult for those trying to champion a woman's right to choose. Another big news story of 2022 was Roe v. Wade being overturned. And if you remember this one of AOC handcuffed as she's leaving the protest come on but it was fake it's like she was walking like when you're a kid in elementary school they're like walking a single file line with your arms behind your back yeah aoc was doing that but like to the extreme trying to as a police officer was right behind her trying to act like she was wearing cuffs no you're not wearing the metal bracelets yeah that was pretty bad war on women in 2022 but then there's the war on children the a lot of stories like a california bill that would no longer require schools to report violent crimes. So in school, we don't want to do that because that could disproportionately affect kids who like 
to be engaged in violent crime. So we don't want to do that. They're concerned well, about the prison to uh, the school to prison pipeline. And parents are concerned about the safety of their children. We had multiple school shootings this year. It was horrible. 70% of public schools report a rise in schools or in kids seeking mental help. In fact, now children, the new statistic in 2022, Adam, kids between 7 and 12, the second biggest cause of death is suicide. This is real. It's terrible. Michelle, I don't have a crystal ball, but I'm telling you right now, what's going to come from the border crisis is going to trickle into 2023 and fentanyl being a leading cause of death in these children. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right next to suicide. There's a whole list of stories that we covered in 2022 dealing with pedophilia they are normalizing it now it's people there was a story like this one from the ap that you see that is saying people are born this way and so we don't want to call it pedophilia it is insulting minor attracted right minor attracted come on we had now kids innocence being taken even more you remember all of the bring your kids to a gay strip club kind of thing going on in your neck of the woods i'm just saying drag the kids to pride drag you you can't go to a strip club you can't go to a drag show if you're a kid those are adult activities the parents that are allowing their children to go into these places those parents need to be people need to ask them some very serious questions right that, that's just terrible stuff that's going on but it's even more terrible when you see educators and adult authorities taking children to these places without the parental consent and that's happening also in our country it's a thing there is definitely a war on children going on right now because they are the most vulnerable population Oh, and the weird story from this past year, Adam, you brought to the table, and I was, I had to bring this one up. What the heck is sexual pizza? I'm <laughs> yeah, like, what the heck is that? Well, if my pizza has pepperoni and sausage, it means this or that. If my pizza has olives and artichokes, then it means that. Please let's you know, teach like, our children sexual innuendos. Please. Crazy thing, Michelle, is you're seeing in school curriculum Basically, teachers are not teaching children sex ed. They're teaching them sex how-to. It's absurd. They're not teaching them biology. They're not teaching them what happens to their body. They're teaching them how to do this and how to do that. And if you are attracted to this or that, then that's okay. And the school is going to shield that information from parents in some cases. It's really crazy what's going on. And I will say alongside that too, we're seeing an uptick of teachers being arrested from schools after engaging in sexual relationships with children. That's a felony in Texas. The sexualization of kids though, there is a thing to it, right? What you're seeing from the world's forces, right? From the those who are the communists, right? They want to break down the family unit because if they can break down the family unit, they can really destroy our country. And so if you go after children and you sexualize children from a young, young age, then that helps you break down the family unit. It helps and you not just the sexualize. Adam, we're full on engaged and 2022 was indicative of this. We're full on engaged in genital mutilation. And this headline encapsulates it too. Biden transgender health official wants to empower children to go on puberty blockers. We are engaged in genital mutilation of 
children. We're not right. here telling kids you're awesome the way you are. You're beautiful. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Your body is is a gift and how you feel inside and how you fit inside and what you want to do, that's fine. That 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 needs to be whole. We're saying you're not whole unless we cut things off a uh, fake move things and give puberty blockers yes. that aren't tested for crying out loud. People were well, losing their mind in the last couple of years over ivermectin. I don't know if it's tested and one of it really was tested, right. well tested, but puberty blockers on children. Ah, oh, that's okay. Just go right ahead. This is really indicative of a total, I think, breakdown of our scientific and medical institutions, right? You have political bias influencing decisions that should be totally objective, scientific decisions, right? You have basically from coming to the administration right now, but also a lot of other special interest groups yeah. channeling tons of money to our school system. And now you have med schools that are teaching budding doctors gender mutilation surgery so that they can be competitive in the job force when they're looking for a job. That's a terrible thing. They are, like you said, normalizing this stuff, but it's not normal. Can you imagine, like, where do you draw the line? If someone's, oh, I... Because of because I identify as a paraplegic, I want you to amputate my limbs. You have to draw a line, and you also have to call things what they are. A, a gender dysphoria is a it's literally a, a mental condition, and that's okay. Treat the mental condition. Don't affirm the gender identity. Take care of the patient. Take care of that human being, and help them with counseling and help them understand. Like it's okay if you feel certain ways, but you can't mutilate and destroy your body because that's a gift from God. And it's like this difference of living in truth and like entertaining sort of crazy ideas, right? Like a paranoid schizophrenic who sees things on a street, those things aren't really there, but you want to take care of that person and make sure they're safe and that they're healthy. But you're not going to say, oh yeah, whatever those visions that you see on the street, yeah, those are real. You don't see that. But with the whole gender identity thing, it's quite a bit different. And it's because if you look at big pharma, they stand to make $1.5 million per person who goes through a transition, a gender mutilation surgery, right? That's a lot of money. So there's a ton of money here for big pharma and a lot of power to be brokered um, among money. the political elite. Exactly right. Yeah. Uh, there's some bright spots, though, in this issue of a war on children in this past year. And that's teachers who are standing up. One teacher won a settlement in Kansas after a transgender student pronoun dispute. If you know, remember right. in my neck of the woods, Coach Joe, who just wanted to pray on the 50-yard line after a game, he got inspired from a movie facing the Giants, I believe, and decided, yeah, I'm just going to do this. I just want to pray for my students. I want to pray for my school. He was let go. He had to be reinstated. It went to the Supreme Court and well, parents. Strongest that argument well. there, Michelle. The biggest argument for those who are victorious in the battle for truth are those who are standing up on the grounds of the First Amendment. Like the coach that you were just referring to, religious liberty, that's part of the First Amendment. That's what allowed him to be reinstated. That's what, that's frankly, as we look to states like California, who in January in California, if you're a doctor and you say things that are contrary to what the CDC might be recommending, you, you could lose your license to practice medicine. And I was listening to a Twitter spaces with Dr. Drew the other day, and Dr. Drew is a pretty smart guy. He also understands that in the state of California, doctors can no longer use their best judgment based on their personal experiences, based on their personal research to offer the best regimen of care for their patients. So we're I guarantee you we're going to see a First Amendment argument come into play to help doctors in California retake 
their right to practice with efficacy and their right to actually give patients the best Maybe care. next year. That's a good prediction. It's okay. an important one. I'd love for people to think about, no matter how pro-vaccine you are, if you were on that bandwagon, execute those who don't want to get vaccinated. Think about what that means. If your doctor isn't allowed to go off of their experience and their ideology and then there is no room for improvement. There's no back and forth. There's no, guess what? I'm trying this and it worked. Nope, you're only allowed to do this. That is really scary. Think about right. that when your child comes down with a really terrible disease. This is the only way you're allowed to treat it. Why don't we go to this doctor? He's trying this. Nope, nope. You can't nope. do that. It's dangerous. It dangerous. is dangerous. And going back to the whole trans transgender thing, we have to allow the stories of those who have detransitioned, who have gone through the whole process, we have to allow those stories to be shared and communicated with the public so that people can really see the full picture of things. And as we see degradation of the First Amendment become a thing as it has been in 2022, we have to take that back so that we can live in truth and so that we can all be healthy and happy. All right. Continuing our 2022 in a nutshell, let's take on the Biden administration. <laughs> it's Arg. been a mixed bag, buddy. Oh, a my mixed gosh. bag of absolute. Are you kidding me? Don't let the man speak. Lies. <laughs> uh, Failures. And failure. And guess what, Michelle? His approval is under 40 percent. Like shocker. And that's probably a high number that might be a little bit gracious if it's under 40 percent right now americans are cash trapped like nearly right now nearly 70 percent of every american or 70 percent of our public we're living paycheck to paycheck man people are not able to maintain a savings everything that people have saved has run dry because we are an economy that's heading for a recession we're an economy that's been living through sky high inflation like historical high inflation food inflation is a real thing right people had michelle this year 25 percent of all americans skipped thanksgiving seriously and how sad is that yeah 25 percent skipped thanksgiving because it was too expensive to buy food that's absurd. We need our institutions in America. We need things like Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and New Year's Eve, right? We need the things that bring people together because when people come together, they exchange ideas, they exchange love. We need that to be a thing that flourishes here. And when we're skipping holidays because we can't afford freaking food, then you have other conversations that lead to, oh, I can't afford baby formula. And then, oh, by the way, I can't even find it. Those are real conversations that people are dealing with today. And then you also hear people say, oh, I can't afford the gas to get to the office, to go to work. That's what we're dealing with when the fact of the matter is a lot of our hardships this year are the result of policies that these are avoidable disasters, right? Why are we trying to buy oil from Iran, from Venezuela, from literally rogue dictatorships when we could have a nice partnership with our friends in Canada and we could drill baby drill here in the United States, we can produce energy in a clean, efficient way. And it doesn't have to have blood on it from these dictators that are around the world. We're enriching the world's dictators and making life hard for Americans. It's a terrible thing. And then we do things like signing the ominous bill. And <laughs> <laughs> I like what you did there. Yes. Right. Ominous. Right. Just, let's just add to the 31 trillion in debt. Act with that. I got my mom's credit card. I can Ching. do whatever I want. That's really, that's where we're at, Adam. It's 
It's affecting us, though, as you said, in the pocketbook, another big headline and a lot of things going on in 2022. The truth that we have been talking about, about vaccines, about COVID, the things that have been greatly suppressed by the media, by social media, they've had to come out. And so now the press is either very silent or there was a big movement to, we need to just have COVID amnesty. You know, we did the best with what (laughs) we could. Really? You took people's jobs. You called them murderers. They lost their homes in some cases. They lost their careers. They were discredited. You just say, oh, oops, (laughs) my bad. Here are some of the headlines. (laughs) Go through quick. Here we have. (laughs) Oh, sorry about that made the confession that COVID-19 vaccines, they're really not all that effective. Thank you, Fauci. Pfizer vaccine increases myocardosis. We know that now, and there's been many studies on that. More post-vaccine heart inflammations have been happening among men. There's a real thing called SADS, which is sudden adult death syndrome. That's been a real thing. We're still seeing reports that if it wasn't for the vaccine, 32 million more Americans would have died, really, because what we're really seeing is that people who died in car accidents were considered COVID deaths. <laughs> That's right. Now, COVID was nothing to sneeze at. <laughs> but Ominous. If we would have had better communication, could I also have the headline that says many 32 million people could have not suffered badly from COVID if we would have had better communication, if we would have utilized some of the things we knew, or if we didn't shut down doctors and people like us who were talking about alternative ways and wanting to have a conversation on COVID. That's some of the big news that came out of 2022, Adam. So much, right? There's so much stuff going on. And a lot of these, a lot of these topics are going to follow over into 2023, especially the Fauci stuff, right? That guy has a lot of answers to a lot of questions to be asked, right? And hopefully he'll be transparent, but I doubt it. Man, like just from COVID to recession to what's next, right? We traded well, 2022, right? We traded Afghanistan for Ukraine. We spent a hundred billion dollars in Ukraine, but yet we still have homeless veterans that are on the streets and we can't even pay our own bills here with our $31 trillion of mounting debt. The headline that I think makes me happy or makes me optimistic, at least for the First Amendment, would be the fact that Elon Musk bought Twitter. That's a really big deal. He bought Twitter for $44 billion, knowing that it was worth maybe 20 or $24 billion. And part of that was because he made an offer when the market was in a much different place. But he very quickly, like within a week of owning Twitter, exposed just all these internal documents and communications that Twitter execs were sharing back and forth on a weekly basis with the FBI, the NSA, government agencies. And then it's funny, it's crazy because when Elon Musk bought Twitter, he didn't realize that Jim, this guy Jim Baker was still on his legal team at Twitter. By the way, the same Jim Baker that was the general counsel for the FBI, working with Michael Sussman to create the Russia hoax, that Jim Baker went from the FBI after the Russia hoax to Twitter and then basically became an inside man over at Twitter for the FBI or for the politically motivated members of the FBI to really function as agents of the DNC, the Democratic National Committee, doing everything they could to ensure that they were crafting the public narrative to their favor. Topics of like from COVID to mandates to laptop election itself to the Hunter Biden laptop, shutting down thousands of Americans and also two credible news outlets, the New York Post founded by Alexander Hamilton. It's crazy, but also to revelation that comes from these Twitter files. And there's going to be a lot of, I think, 
consistent, I think, coverage to follow, because definitely our House GOP, they're going to ask a lot of questions to, to Twitter's old leadership. How far did it go? Google? Meta. We already heard Zuckerberg say to Joe Rogan that the FBI was working with the teams over at Meta and Facebook to censor Americans. I've been censored. Michelle's been censored by multiple platforms, right? And we're just a couple out of the thousands of Americans who have been censored for sharing literally lawful free speech. That's not okay. It's not okay when you have government agencies deputizing private companies to become kind of propaganda arms, right? That's a terrible overreach of power. I really want to see some accountability come from that. Part of the accountability that we are seeing right now, I think it was reflected by the midterm elections. The House is now, it's red. It's going to be a GOP-controlled House. But I think most of the public knows our politicians are not the answer, right? The Senate didn't go red. I don't know what's going to happen with the next election in 2024, but I think people need to retake what's theirs, which is power. It's been consolidated at the top, and we have to take that back uh, and ensure that we are able to continue living freely and pursuing life, liberty, and happiness. And as you said, having a Musk take on Twitter, it, it does give a little more balance and maybe a prediction for 2023, some of them files. Oh my gosh, I think it's going to oh, yeah. be big. Although, be is it crazy that the media is now, it was nuts with Musk bashing. Fine, that's Whoa, cool. Huge. I'm all for equal opportunity bashing. That's cool, whatever. But it was Musk bashing everywhere. And then suddenly these files on just how bad the involvement of the government and the censoring really was. Now all of a sudden it's quiet. Right. I think they're, I think <laughs> they finally, Michelle, they're afraid. I like to whisper. Really, I think they're realizing that accountability might be coming, right? Like this collusion between big tech, big media, and I've got to say big government being those in power, we know now. We've been talking about this for a long time, but the evidence is there. And it was actually really disappointing to see the FBI's communications team just after Thanksgiving try to gaslight the Twitter files, try to try to basically say these are these people on social media are purveyors of misinformation as though the conversations between Elvis Chan of the FBI San Francisco office and Twitter's leadership team didn't exist as though those emails didn't exist because they do. Like we have the evidence. And so I think for our institutions to have faith restored in them, you can't be having the FBI communications team publicly saying that, oh, these Twitter files are garbage. They have to acknowledge these and they have to say, we're going to do everything we can to there make this right. Yeah. We're going to sniff out the bad actors and we're going to make sure that moving is able here. We're going to answer some hard questions and we're going to clean house. Clean house. There we go. We Make need a right. clean house. Little New Year's Green cleaning, cleaning wouldn't hurt at all. I think it's yeah. time for us as we look at a year in review to go over the biggest political losers of 2022. Adam? Oh, yes. Get our nominee. It was, it was not a very good year for Vladdy, for Vladimir Putin. It just wasn't. And the year started off with actually Elon Musk again publicly sparring with Vladimir Putin's warlords on Twitter. It went from Elon sparring with Elizabeth Warren and that was funny. So what, they were talking about how much he paid in taxes, right? And then it went to Elon sparring with Putin's guys. Putin invaded Ukraine in February without provocation. He invaded a country that was peaceful and without provocation went in there and just started trying to take territory and kill people. And he thought he would easily, quickly win and get what he wanted. But here we are, December. It's almost it's the end of the year, basically. We're at New Year's Eve. 
100,000 Russian deaths later, and these Russian soldiers are wondering what the heck they're fighting for because they're not being told the truth. And you have all these poor mothers in Russia who are losing their sons, and they're wondering why, for what? If you talk to Ukrainian people and you talk to Russian people, just in general, right, this is a general statement, they generally look at each other as kind of, it's a brotherly connection. They marry each other, they're friends with each other, they go to school in each other's territories, generally pretty like, U.S. Canada. similar people. Yeah, U.S. Canada, exactly. Very different governments, obviously. Still a lot of corruption. But I got to say, Vladimir Putin, big loss for him. He's losing credibility in Russia. His The more powerful people in Russia right now, if you read the headlines, like they just seem to be falling off of buildings. Like he's trying to maintain his control of power by taking out his political adversaries. And anybody who has any power in Russia is a potential political adversary Sounds for like a strong the US. leader like Putin. Uh, how long to we're exactly <laughs> like that? One of the <laughs> biggest weird things about this Russian-Ukraine story of this past year, Adam, is at the same time here in the U.S. we're arguing we need to get rid of guns and semi-automatic weapons and all of this, all of these things. And there's absolutely, I think it was the president said, absolutely no reason. They're taking AK-47s and giving them to grandmas That's and right. every kid in the Ukraine to defend themselves. And then we're going, yeah, how is that? How can you use that I, argument? I got to say, though, I love the imagery of Babushka with an AK-47. It's like, that's a badass grandma right there, man. <laughs> my, my grandma, once upon a time, she was a training officer for the OSBI, the state version of the FBI in Oklahoma. Like She was a really cool lady. She was an awesome woman. Those Babushkas in Ukraine that are fighting for their freedom, God bless them, man. Like, Get it, girl. Another nominee for the biggest political losers of 2022. Well, Anthony Fauci. Bam, bam, bam. Denied. <laughs> yeah, from a mainstream media darling to just a joke. Just a freaking joke. What a fraud. He thought it would be so like, okay, well, basically, all right, what was it? It was mask efficacy, school closures, vaccine mandates, the Wuhan lab leak, big tech censorship, misleading congressional testimony, his lack of, of transparency. Michelle, he was in a sworn deposition by attorneys general for Louisiana and Missouri. Fauci answered with, I don't recall, 174 times. That's a Do total you want of somebody? Do you really want somebody to be in charge of your health, your life and death situation, that can't re- remember what happened yesterday. No, thank you. And if Fauci is going to be one of our nominees for the biggest political loser of the year, I'm going to have to say Senator Ron Paul has got to be one of the winners for t- oh, not yeah. being afraid to take him on. Ron Paul was Fauci, probably Thomas Massey with big tech censorship and Jim Jordan too. Yeah. Like fearless. Right. And, but also too, like, He's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. Like, that's the thing. It's like doctor versus doctor, right? You got Dr. Paul. Yeah. You got Dr. Fauci. It's one one doctor with actual experience. And then this other doctor who's been a career bureaucrat his whole life. Who, by the way, his daughter works for or worked for Twitter. That's a little weird. Hmm. Fauci's daughter worked for Twitter. Okay, and that kind of leads us to another nominee for biggest loser of this year. Big tech companies. Yeah. Nice, nice piggyback from that Elon Musk shout out. Can you imagine the one thing that our lawmakers seemed to agree on was big tech? Just there was bipartisan condemnation from Congress this year against big tech. And it seemed to be like questions of like data privacy and too much censorship, not enough censorship. Zuckerberg was exposed for really, I think, strongly influencing the 2020 election results. He funded a $400 million nonprofit, a partisan get out the vote effort. 
and basically like voting sectors that could go to Biden, but might not go to Biden. So Zuckerberg basically bought the vote for Biden in many cases from Zuckerberg to the Twitter thing. I think we touched on that a little bit. That was a huge, huge deal. We're learning about this rampant corruption, these egregious violations of our First Amendment rights and we have to keep asking questions as we move into the new year. We have to really not only ask questions of the big tech CEOs, we got to get Jim Baker up there. We have to ask him a lot of questions. We deserve to know the truth. The thing too is big tech being a loser, they've lost a lot of value this year. Facebook cut 11,000 employees, which is a lot. They lost $700 billion in value. That's a boatload of money. Amazon lost half of its value in 2022. So big tech in general from political losses to actual real value losses, they're on our list of losers for the year. All right. Anyone else? Oh, can't forget our lawmakers themselves, right? Um, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema. Okay. I would say also Mitch McConnell, too. Big loser. But Manchin and Sinema, they voted on the Inflation Reduction Act. The Inflation Reduction Act did absolutely nothing to actually reduce inflation. And then Kirsten Sinema, Joe Manchin, and Mitch McConnell, they all voted on that 4,000-page, ridiculous $1.7 trillion ominous bill. Huh. I like that. Without any debate, by the way. So basically, like, Pelosi's last night, it's like that was the night that they chose to, before they recessed for the holiday, that they chose to talk about this omnibus And I think package. that's fitting because she's the, the author of you got to vote for it so you can find <laughs> out what's in it. <laughs> Pretty much. But th this is a conversation that they could have had in September, but they waited for the last, literally the last night of the year. And also too, flew in, basically flew in Zelensky the same night to have this sort of like circus kind of show to legitimize another $38 billion for Ukraine. We, we've sent $100 billion to Ukraine this year, and we can't even take care of our own. I, I think oh, we've yeah, seen and some of that ominous bill is to secure their borders. Well, secure their borders. Okay, do you um, find a irony in that? Well, what about a ours? Little, little irony? <laughs> it's absurd. It's absurd. And the, here's another problem, too, I think. So $1.7 trillion, it's a lot of money. There were a lot of lawmakers who voted affirmative for this bill because there's pork in there. I feel like we have to have some sort of like standard where if every lawmaker can af can not affirm that they read every page of the bill, they can't vote on it. Like, I know they didn't they didn't read 4,000 pages in one I'm night. I'm not sure that a lot of our lawmakers can read. <laughs> that's just a that's just a personal thing. I'm just saying. I'm right there you know, with you. Work really. Gosh, we need to cut that out. And the, but a, there were some disappointing names there. A law needs there. to be a law based on its merits alone. We've gotten to the place where now it's becoming dangerous to our democratic republic. I'm just saying. Yeah. Out of the nine, or out of the House Republicans that voted for it, only one is returning to office in January. Um, and I think out of the in the Senate, there were like 18. GOP members who voted for it, if I'm not mistaken, the number. But it was really disappointing to see names like Tom Cotton in that mix. Here in Texas, we saw John Cornyn vote in favor of this. Those guys are all just getting pork, right? Like, it's just, it's garbage. They're, and I think it exposes the fact that the Senate and Congress, they kind of, they run based on back office deal making. They're not, like, I, I called Senator Cornyn's office the day of that vote, and I was I said, the people of Collin County in North Texas do not want you to vote in favor of this. Our lawmakers are not listening to our phone calls. They're not listening to our emails. They will listen to our vote. So we have to get out there and vote and make sure that we are not reelecting people that don't represent our needs. Yeah. They represent special interests today. 
And that's not okay. They need to represent their voters. Now, come on. You can't knock them for that. They go in just a regular Joe and they come out millionaires. You got to do what you got to do. It's the secret, right? It's the secret. Excuse me while I get my tongue surgically removed <laughs> from my cheek. Liz Cheney. <laughs> I think she needs to be on the on our list of nominees. Yeah. Oh, she's definitely on Don't the you list think? because yeah, she literally was like assured re-election until she wasn't, right? Like she she spent 24 months. She went from being one of the leading conservative voices in Congress to Nancy Pelosi's personal assistant. She literally <laughs> like she she spent all of her focus on the January 6th Select Committee. Like she they, okay, so between Cheney and weepy Adam Kinzinger and those who sat on the January 6th select committee, they wasted millions of dollars investigating what? They didn't share any new information with the public. They, these are the same people that impeached Donald Trump the second time and used doctored like videos and doctored tweets to try and legitimize his impeachment. Like these are people that you cannot trust. And to see them sit there and waste millions of our dollars it just shows you their their lack of respect for, I think, the value of a dollar earned. They don't care about the $1.7 trillion that they voted on for the omnibus bill. And they certainly don't care about the millions of dollars they wasted investigating uh, something that kind of produced no action items, sharing literally no information with the public. They actually rescinded, by the way, their subpoena on Donald Trump just yesterday. What was the point, right? What was the freaking point? The whole Liz point Cheney, was to not take him down, and now yeah. th this doesn't make sense. I have two more nominees for the biggest political losers of this past year, and that's Disney and the sporting world. Now, the oh, sporting world, first of all, both the Winter Olympics and the biggest sporting event, the two biggest sporting events in the on the planet are the Olympics and even bigger, really, by viewership alone, is the World Cup. Both of them held in these weird-ass countries with horrible human rights records. Right. The Winter Olympics in China, a totalitarian hostile country on their athletes rampant human rights abuses the world cup 63 63 6500 people reportedly died trying to make the infrastructure for this in this right. country that doesn't represent doesn't respect women doesn't respect freedom you want to talk the lgbtq agenda no we'll just throw people off the roof this is the horrible and yet woke sports does not care when it comes to maybe greasing their palms with countries like this hey, exactly sad. right uh, exactly right. And Michelle, too, even like working with countries like like Iran's national team, right after the World Cup, you hear headlines about how Iran is about to go execute a former Iranian soccer player for protesting in favor of women's rights. Absurd what sports has, I guess, devolved into. That's why they may be, for me, the number one loser for this year. I am so sorry. It well, is so it, hypocritical. It, but my number one biggest political loser of 2022 is Disney. Disney yeah. used to put out hit after hit. They used to just 
be great entertainment for kids. You could rely on it. In a world where we have over-sexualized kids, Disney was just someplace you could just watch a family-friendly movie. There were issues at times. I had trouble in the past with Pocahontas, who was a 12-year-old girl at the telling of the tale. But instead, they made her, like, this Indian sex kitten. It's just like weird. They did some weird stuff. Okay. This is true. But for the most part now, Disney went full on woke in 2022. They formed a task force promising a listening tour for LGBTQ concerns. They have, they have to have queer inclusions and over representation of people of color, which represent people, but to make it a preachy agenda has just been weird. Executive Executives have that uh, we're advancing the gay agenda why do you have to have an agenda it just entertained and there was many of the people corporate president carrie burke that was saying that you have to have these inclusions but in the meantime once again the hypocrisy disney was expanding operations in 10 countries over 10 countries that have anti-gay laws, dangerous, kill people, not just, hey, we may disagree on what the Bible says on being gay. Hey, we disagree on, you know, what marriage should be a man and a woman. Love who you want to love, but marriage should be blah, blah, blah. That's academics right there. We're talking countries that put people to death. Disney lost, as a result, in 2022, over 30 for billion dollars in their value since they embarked on this culture war. Right. Disney has now at the end of 22 said that oh we really regret going to battle with Florida over parental rights <laughs> laws. And every freaking woke Disney movie this year has been a failure. Buzz Lightyear, Turning Red, Thor Love and Thunder, Strange World, all didn't work so that to me right. may be the biggest political loser of 2022 well, that's why you see disney playing musical chairs with their leadership team right like Iger's in Iger's out Iger's in they like they, they're having a hard time over there trying to figure out the basics of what they were founded to do which is offer wholesome family entertainment if they get back to the basics they can be a great business right now, but right I now i don't want disney to be anti-gay I don't want them to have an agenda that says you hate people because of their behavior. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, saying why do we have to bring sex into? And if you have two men holding a baby, you're not necessarily making a political statement. Don't know the background. I don't care. It doesn't have to be preached to me. I don't want it preached one way or another. I just want to entertain. Just go back to entertaining us and stop being so concerned about their ESG scores. Go back to creating great entertainment and funding your business based on customer revenue instead of Wall Street funny money that's only going to give you loans if you achieve a certain ESG score. Because one of the biggest winners of 2022 was the makers of Top Gun. That was just a show that, you know what? just good old entertainment love our country stand on the side of right family and values these things matter not saying it's a perfect movie but it was an example that this is the hope that comes out of 2022 as we wind up today that we really do crave 
something good, something better, something deeper, something wholesome. That's what we're really looking for. The other things just don't satisfy. It brings division. It brings hate. Love people regardless of where they stand, regardless of how they vote, regardless of what they choose to do with their lives. Love people. That's what just ends up feeling great and bringing unity. And there are people who are willing to stand in the face of this angry mob of alphabet gains and woke agendas to say, no, you know what? We're going to stand for something better. We here want to wish you happy new year. And in the new year, I'm hoping that you will tune in to your God story. Find out what God really has to say in these things. What is the side of right? If you think there's a right and a wrong, that can only be because there's an ultimate right and wrong. What is that? We call it the God story. There's a God there who loves you. He is looking out for you. He wants a relationship with you. He's provided an opportunity for that relationship through his son, Jesus Christ. This is the God story, and it's something to get excited about. What about you for 2023? That's a beautiful thing. I think looking at the pits of 2022 and focusing on the peaks of 2022 also, bringing with us, I think like you said, love and being authentic, being real, not trying to act like something we're not. Going back to the Top Gun movie, one of the things that made that movie so great was that it was authentic and true to itself. At one point, China was threatening to not air Top Gun if they kept the Taiwan flag on Maverick's flight jacket. And... So they, they made a decision. We're going to keep it on there because that's what the fans want. We're going to keep it original. We're going to keep it authentic. And the response to that decision was overwhelmingly positive. Don't cave keep to evil. That's the example. Don't, Don't cave, cave to, evil. to evil. Right? Keep it real. Love your friends. Love your family. Love your neighbors. And love your enemies. Love your, well, to the best of your ability, love your enemies. At the very least, just have a conversation with your enemies and try to understand where they're coming from. Just try to have, if you can't love them, have empathy for them and try to understand where they're coming from. Because I know we're flawed humans. We are not perfect. Loving your enemy may be very difficult and that's okay. It's not supposed to be easier, but at least try. There you go. We want to thank you for being part of this broadcast. We're looking forward to, we were just talking before the show, making plans and getting excited for 2023. We are going to be here for you. Sometimes you're not going to see us because we get canceled because we're not afraid to stand for what's right, but we're going to be here for you. We're going to be reporting truth. We look at stories that are solid, that are confirmed and more often than not confirmed the mainstream legacy media so we're not looking at fringe stories here we're talking solid stuff and we're going to be here doing that throughout the new year speaking truth standing for what's right believing in you believing in this wonderful thing called freedom that we have here in the united states of america and more importantly standing for the god story adam and i want to wish you a happy new year Happy New Year! (laughs) Thank you. We'll catch you (laughs) next year. For more fun, go to mymichellelive.com.